I'm Madeline and you're listening to Little Asian Big World. Welcome to my not so private private journal and today I have yet another wonderful guest with me. Uh, as I said in some previous episodes, entries, I've made a lot of new friends and I'm so glad to say that I have my new friend Sarah here with me to talk about all things spirituality and all things religion, which is such a heavy topic, but Sarah, the first thing that I knew walking into just like an introduction to you was this is Sarah and she's extremely spiritual in the most <laughs> non-traditional Southern way. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be her best friend in the entire world. I literally need to go talk to her right now. And the first time I think I ever talked to Sarah, I I don't even think I'd spoken to her a few words prior. Like I think I'd seen you in like a, a tea shop that we have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Sarah, I really like your tattoos and you're really pretty. That was the first thing you said Because <laughs> we talked about my tattoos. Yes. And then I was like, I texted her one day because all day I'd been like, I, I've got the tingling going on. I need someone to talk to. And then I texted her. I was like, hey, Queen, I think we've never had a conversation before, but I really need to talk to you right now. And then I, me and my friend Emma went and saw you in a parking lot and we did readings and I was like, Okay, thanks. And then that was it. And now you got me cherry limeade. And then <laughs> that's it. And I, cherry limeades are just our thing now. So yes. That's what it is. So, Sarah, if you could just quit, cut off my rambling and introduce yourself with the five sentences. Um, hi, I'm Sarah, and um, I'm a senior. I'm a, not a senior. I'm a freshman at Mississippi State University. I'm an English major. Um, I just started my own blog called Sarah's Spiritual Out or Spiritual Sarah. And talking about all things spiritual and everything like that. Just got started on that. Um, I am the English liaison for the English department at Mississippi State. And I wanted to go into uh, editing or publishing for my career. So That's awesome. I know you, like a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about this uh, blog. And I was like, mm-hmm. do it. Because just, the urge came out of nowhere. That's just kind of how it happens. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I could totally do that. And I could totally create content. And I could totally just be completely open. And then you do it. And you're like, oh, my God. This is so fun. It's so much. But walking into this, I, I approached you. And I was like, okay. So I have a podcast. And I want to talk about all the things spiritual. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, I am extremely religious. Mm-hmm. I am Christian. And that has been something that has been very prominent in my life, but I've never really gotten to sit down and talk with somebody who has a different religion than I do, Mm -hmm. who has a different belief. And uh, I want to. I want to have that conversation, and I want to sit here, and I want to listen. Yeah. And I want to, like, start this off by saying, like, I totally respect Mm -hmm. you and every, like, I'm so proud of you for being so strong in your faith as you are. And, like, I admire that Mm -hmm. because I used to be Christian at Mm -hmm. one point for this, so I do admire everything about that and this is no way taking away from your religion or mine religion by or well my beliefs Mm -hmm. by you being christian and me not and vice versa absolutely and i think the best way to do this is to simply open up this conversation and me and you have talked about that and just being like this is something that needs to happen because at the end of the day not much can happen because people see it as like you're on opposing sides but you're not you both want I see it more as you both want to be good people and the best person you possibly can by doing something to better yourself. And I feel like that's the common ground that people don't realize. They're more like, oh, you're on a different team mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And so, how have Southern traditions affected you and your beliefs? Because I know you've grown up in a Southern small town like mm-hmm. I have just right down the road. And so, that really has a big effect on you. Okay, so with my parents, it wasn't, like, religion's never really been in my household. It's always been my other family members. Like, um, my stepdad's parents, super religious. They actually were the ones who got me going to church at first. And um, so, really, I got into the church. Um, I even got saved at one point. And then, like, I started having these doubts, and I started reading the Bible more, and I just realized, you know, this isn't clicking with me. It's not fitting all of my questions. Like, the more I read, the more questions I had, instead of, you know, they say it's supposed to be the other way around. And so, finally, um, I started looking into other, like, religions and beliefs and everything like that, and I was 
really like scared to come out about that like not with my parents but like with my peers and everything like that I didn't I felt like I'd be outcasted because I actually remember this one girl in high school um there was a rumor going around that she was atheist and they used to write on like whiteboards in class that she was going to hell and stuff like that and I I didn't like that like I didn't want to be that person Mm -hmm. who got written about on whiteboards so like always stayed quiet about it and just smiled and nod whenever someone would talk about it and so it's really affected my personal spiritual journey it's um dwarfed it pretty much because I was so scared to go further Mm -hmm. or like talk about it or Mm -hmm. stuff like that just until like the last year right so well that's awesome that you've like really been able to identify the source Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that's a great way to move forward and so, what are your beliefs, your religion, your morals? What are, what are they? I really don't say I'm in any sort of religion or anything. I don't like the concept. Personally, I don't like institutionalized religion. I feel like it becomes too corrupt and everything like that. And so, I'm trying to, like, steer away from that. But, like, what I'm really doing right now is researching a whole slew of different beliefs, religions, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And kind of picking apart which ones fit me Mm -hmm. like um right like here recently I've been looking in like Buddhism and Hinduism Mm -hmm. like the true like first spiritual that's like outside of religion practices Mm -hmm. and kind of looking into like what they do how they practice what their beliefs are um finding out which uh sort of beliefs are like closed off like because, I mean, like, I've, obviously, I'm a little white girl. I don't need to be practicing, <laughs> like, voodoo or anything yeah. like that. Like, that's just... Because some people do that. You'll find right. out. And it's horrible. Like, you, you're not going to make anyone happy by doing that. Yeah. So, I'm trying to find out, like, what's right, what's wrong before I even really put a label on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just... More, I'm... My belief is be a good person, connect with nature, um, and, like... I'm also very interested in, like, how energies work, like, the science side mm-hmm. of everything. Because, you know, like, it's That's proven awesome. everything has energy and everything yes. like that. And it's also proven that people can not, I don't necessarily want to say manipulate, but I don't, for lack of a better word, um, like, we eat and everything to get more energy. We exercise to excrete energy. There's other things you can do to have certain vibrations of energy, which are good or bad, come to you or away from you. And I'm looking really into that. That's mm-hmm. like what manifestation is and right. things like that. Yeah. I've always been extremely sensitive to spirits around me, not necessarily mm-hmm. things with souls, because I'm not a very empathetic just, person. I, gosh, no. If you brought someone crying to me, I would literally look at them and be like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what, I don't know what to do with that. But just stop it. Just, <laughs> hey, just don't do that. That's kind of illegal. But it's okay to have feelings. I'm just completely non-empathetic. Please don't take it that way. But if you're not feeling how I am, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, I can get you a, a, a drink. That, that's about all I can do. But um, I've been very sensitive my entire life to spirits and all these other things and I've always just been like oh my gosh I don't know what to do and I'm completely shut down because that's an entire realm that I am completely unfamiliar with and Mm -hmm. it is ginormous and there are so many there's some bad juju out there there is there's bad juju out there and I completely believe in that so that's just like there's and like another thing is like learning how to protect yourself from this mm-hmm. bad and like what you can do to like repel that or like protect yourself right. and stuff like that and I know like the whole like people make fun of it but like once you start doing it and feel like that energy shift mm-hmm. like you're like I see why people believe in these things oh, now yeah. I don't really know how I feel about like the whole witchcraft casting spells and stuff mm-hmm. like that but a lot of the things that witches quote-unquote practice mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense because they're literally just manipulating energy to better suit themselves mm-hmm. and things like yeah. that. So I know the first time that I texted you that one odd time in the summer and I was like, something's happening, something's shifting, there are energies going on and you were like, what are they? And I was like, <laughs> girl, I don't know, but I need your help. And so that's kind of how that got started and how our conversations mm-hmm. kind of began trickling down. And so I really want to continue. What is something you've been taught as a child that you have completely re-educated yourself on? Okay, so I know you asked this question more, like, 
as a belief or something I've mm-hmm. had to re-educate myself on. But what really stood out to me more was, like, Christian guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, even whenever I still considered myself a Christian and everything like that, I was always so scared to learn more about other things mm-hmm. because I felt like I was going against God. Mm-hmm. And still, sometimes, I still have that problem. Like, because I feel like, well, okay, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. And it's more the fact of being fearful of what could happen because I had it ingrained in my brain so young and so hard that if you don't do these things, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to, like, completely reteach myself, like, okay, you don't, like, you don't know if this is right. I don't know if my beliefs are right. I don't know if anything is true. Like, it's okay not to be right and Mm -hmm. stuff, like, and I don't want to necessarily live for something that I don't know. And um, so basically, and I've also been, like, looking more into, like, the history side of the Bible, like, Mm -hmm. what was going on whenever certain things were written, or, like, what certain passages mean, besides the actual just story that's being told, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, just re-educating myself entirely on Christianity, to try to move and excuse me, try to move past that point, so. Mm -hmm. I think that's completely applicable, Mm -hmm. because, um, like you said, it's not clicking with you. Mm -hmm. It's not... mm, stating your brain in the way that you're told it was supposed to and uh, I honest I I can respect that Mm -hmm. because I can understand because I can resonate with that because Mm -hmm. there are so many different things um like this conversation that we're having now like some things aren't correctly resonating in my brain but it's okay because I'm listening yeah it's okay because I'm trying to understand it. It's okay Mm -hmm. because even if I don't understand I'm going to respect that you do yeah and that's the way I feel with Christianity like like, if I'm, like, you know, uh, our friend Jake, mm-hmm. he's a huge Christian, and I completely uh, under, like, I respect that and everything like that. But, like, a lot of the things, like, he's talked about, he's gone to God and gone to church, and that's helped him. Like, I don't understand that. To mm-hmm. me, like, I was like, how can that help? Because my experience with it is so negative and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, like, it just doesn't click with me like that. So, I understand. Like, it's a two-way street on that. But we're mm-hmm. both trying to sit here yeah. be like, okay, let's come to a common ground. Like, right. Yeah. And so, that's so interesting to me. I'm, no. just sitting, I'm just sitting here and I'm just so, like, captivated. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> okay. Has religion become a choice or a custom for you? It's started out more as a custom like I started to go to church because that's what my grandmother told me I was supposed to do um and then like you learn everything like the bible and like what the church teaches and everything like that so really then it was a custom but now I get to say it was a choice because I'm choosing not to believe in that anymore and so now it used to be a custom but now it's definitely more of a choice like Mm -hmm. I get to choose how I want to spend the rest of my life believing and what I want to believe Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And so you said your parents are very supportive Mm -hmm. and a lot of it, your pressure was from your peers. So has moving to college really been an opening factor? Yes. Okay. Huge. Um, I find, I've been finding people more open-minded, like they can't see, but right now I'm wearing a whole bunch of rings with different crystals on them and things like that. I see other people wearing stuff like that or, like, other, like, uh, symbols or things like that or, like, dressing the same way I do, which is kind of like, okay, maybe Mm -hmm. I see you. Or, like, they'll wear, like, crystal pendants and things like that. And that's usually what people interested in these things Mm -hmm. do. And so, like, um, I don't feel like I'm bound to one social construct anymore of being the little preppy white girl in a itty bitty school Mm -hmm. I feel like you know what no one really cares that much to care about what I'm doing right so I should do whatever's gonna make me happiest Mm -hmm. yeah so can you go more into the crystal thing because I (laughs) have always been a rock girl for some unknown reason I have crystals sitting in my windowsill right now Mm -hmm. and not typically used for anything other than looking pretty or just (laughs) holding because I think they're cool so elaborate for me okay so you remember earlier I was telling you about energies and stuff like that so uh one of my cool party tricks with like Laura Grace, and I think I've um, done it with, like, Brie and Aaron. Those are also some of my friends, for those of you who don't know. Um, like, I don't know if you've ever seen my crystal collection. 
it's very large. I'll show you a picture after this. <laughs> and um, so what I would do, different crystals have different energies. Everything has a set energy or vibration. Mm-hmm. And um, so crystals, so everything has a set frequency. Mm-hmm. So the, like, amethyst is good for, like, mental things and stuff like that because that frequency lines up with that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm trying to think of another one. Like, black tourmaline or uh, obsidian is good for protection because it's a certain frequency mm-hmm. that it runs as. And um, so, the party trick that I do, I have the girls hold it in their hand, hold different crystals in their hands, and they can feel how the energy is different. Mm-hmm. You just have to really, really focus on it. And yeah. like, I've had to train myself to do it. That's how I've actually trained myself to... Because if I go into Earthbound, I'm still not... 100% sure how ethically their crystals are mm-hmm. or if they're even real half the time. So, if I hold a crystal in my hand and I don't feel anything, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. And so, uh, that's really how I've kind of taught myself which crystals are real mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now, I try to uh, shop from small business like Etsy shops yes. and stuff like that. Um, that are, I know for a fact, are ethically sourced yes. and everything. Don't even get me started on Etsy, just for all the things that Etsy is. I know. I love Etsy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's super cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to talk more about that later. Yeah, no. (laughs) As soon as you said that, I was like, I have to show her. (laughs) Okay. So, Southern religious trauma. Is it real? Yes, it is. Like, I've had this ingrained in my brain that if you're not Christian and if you're not doing exactly what the Bible tells you to or what the church is telling you, then it's totally wrong because at some point it stops being what the Bible told you to do and what the church is telling you to do. Or like there's and so you're basically feel indebted to this community because you want to be perfect and everything like that and as a human you just can't be. Mm-hmm. And um it's like the church and that institutionalized religion that's that I'm trying to get away from has completely ruined what Christianity is. Like, I don't consider myself a Christian, but I'm very passionate on the fact of how um, there's this huge misconception of what Christianity actually is, which Christianity in itself is actually a very loving religion. And people turn it into something that it's not. They turn it into hateful or outcasting others and things like that, and that's not what it should be. And so I've had to basically process all of those things that I've been taught and, like, how I need to be exactly what the Bible tells me to do. I need to be the lesser uh, person than what I am and things like that and just completely get away from that because um, it's not next. I did not have a toxic church life, I would say, but it was very pushy because I was so scared to look for questions or look for answers to mm-hmm. questions that I had because if I had one, they almost would just like, well, that's silly. Mm-hmm. And instead of encouraging me to look more into things, they were just like, why don't I, you already believe? Yeah. Or like pray about it. Yeah. And I felt like that would make me less of a Christian. So getting away from that, I realized asking questions does not devalue any faith that I have. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's good to learn about new things mm-hmm. like that because then you learn what you're believing in. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, I didn't like what I was believing in, so I changed it. But, like, I felt... Because I love learning about new things and learning the history of things, and so I feel like that was a very important thing, and I still struggle that with that with um, my spiritual path now. Like, I'll be looking into different things, and I just don't know where to start because mm-hmm. I was never taught how to look for these things, what sources are good to look, and things like that, you know? I really completely agree with the misconceptualization of what Christianity is through the examples of humans. Mm -hmm. That has always been something that I've struggled with for my entire life. My dad is the children's pastor at my church and has Mm -hmm. been for 25 years. And it's almost, I completely understand what you say, when you mean it's just almost like you're indebted because it's just almost charitable rather Mm -hmm. than properly giving, properly worshiping. So that's something that I've personally had to struggle, Mm -hmm. I've struggled with, I've had to work through. And I have really had to go to the fact that I believe 
that Christianity is not based on the works of man because your faith determines your works. Your works does not determine your faith. Mm-hmm. And Which it even says that in the Bible, right. but a lot of people choose to dismiss that or they'll pick and choose. Cherry picking. That is one of my largest pet peeves when it comes to Christianity mm-hmm. because you either accept it as a whole or if you just cherry pick, you are not accepting it point blank period and people don't like to hear that. And so I think that's really, like, I looked at the Bible and Christianity as a whole, and I was like, you know what? I don't agree with this, so I'm not going to be a part Mm -hmm. of something I don't agree with, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that'd be more disrespectful to Mm -hmm. the religion than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was my real big turning point, because, um, so whenever I got started looking into all of this, like, really was quarantine, it was like that April I started getting real hard into it. I even got on Witch Talk at first and everything, and I... I was learning. I was looking things up. But before that, whenever quarantine first started, I started reading the Bible more because I was like, I have time to do this now. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this isn't sitting right with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I love some of the messages that the Bible gives, like being a good person. I still love the way they describe the Proverbs woman, like Mm -hmm. Proverbs 31. I love that description of a hardworking woman. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more like... And it's almost like now in my spiritual journey, I can take some of those morals that Christianity has taught mm-hmm. me to whatever I end up considering myself mm-hmm. as. So it wasn't all bad, but it definitely left me in a worse position mm-hmm. after the fact. Yeah. And I really also agree with the dismissal of questions in the church mm-hmm. because the fact is if you're asking questions, that is not really... M- questioning your faith you're just trying like you said you're I feel just like trying it should to strengthen be it. encouraged Absolutely. honestly I just completely agree yeah. that's just it like I completely agree and that's something that I've always struggled with because in my family specifically I I remember just constantly wanting to ask a question even if it was specifically about Christianity if even if it wasn't about something else you were just expected to know yeah. mm-hmm. and I have never dealt with that well and so for me it was digging more deeply into the Bible, kind of understanding, talking to people who would answer me. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Mia, I adore Mia. She's just like a wealth of information, but also she's a human. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because she is an Enneagram 5, and for those of you who don't know, it's people, for me, in my brain, it's just people who genuinely love information, who just sit there and they literally, that's what they pass their time with. Not for a future reference, just because they love learning and they mm-hmm. love absorbing and what she's drawn to specifically is theological information. Mm-hmm. And so I can walk up to her and I can always ask the stupidest question. And she can make me feel completely valid in asking that question and give me an answer. Yes. And that is what I look for in a religious companion. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, okay. In the way I see it, I feel like people shouldn't be answering quest- questions to whenever they don't know the answer themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, if uh, the way I see it, if you don't exactly know the answer, don't say it. Yeah. Or don't make one up, the one that sounds the best or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather you have a bad-sounding answer and it be honest mm-hmm. than a sugar-coated one. Tell so, me no. Yeah. If you do not know it, tell me no. And then together, we can go forward and look mm-hmm. into it. Because that's also been something that I've sure I... I've heard throughout my years in church that I've actually been very pleased with. It's just like, if you don't know, say no, Mm -hmm. because you are not going to know everything. And that is something that I've, that's been ingrained with me that I do enjoy. Hey, Rascal. (laughs) Sarah and Rascal have a special bond. They are best buddies now, but Rascal's just who he is and he's a little (laughs) old man, so... Moving forward, I love this conversation. What or who has been the biggest impact on your beliefs? Really the biggest, I would say, has been my parents. Because they've honestly just... They've accepted everything. Like, even whenever I got saved, my parents were very accepting of it. See, now, uh, my stepdad, actually, before he became... I'll get to what he believes in in a minute. But um, growing up, he went to a Christian school, like a private school. 
They all expected him to become a preacher. He expected to become a preacher. And then he had the same problem I did. The more he looked into it, the less it made sense. And so he got away from that, but it's always been known in my household. I can believe whatever I want to. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. As long as I know what I'm believing in and I do research in it, then they're going to support me 100% because that's one thing that's very valued in our house. Like, especially with me and my stepdad, like, he's always been like, I just want you to fully understand what you're getting yourself into. And so whenever I would talk to him and be like, this doesn't seem right, he'd be like, well, look into other things. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and then my mom, she's more like agnostic. And she's just, she's just chilling, honestly. <laughs> she does not care on, like, she doesn't care what's going on. And me and her haven't really had as many religious talks as me and my stepdad did, but she has been, like, whenever I got my tarot cards, we looked at them, and I did a spread on my mom, mm-hmm. and, um, or, like, I'll get new crystals and show her, and she's been super supportive of this, because she sees how happy I am with it, and, like, me and my stepdad will talk about, like, different beliefs and stuff like that, and just kind of bounce back and forth off of each other, but my stepdad, he was atheist, and then he believed in aliens for a minute, <laughs> and okay. then... Now he is Norse pagan. Okay. Yeah, so he's just vibing. And he's really just taking the whole spread and going with it. And but that's the thing though, he's it's almost like he's learning so much, he's trying to figure out what because that man's constantly listening to different podcasts and everything like that. And he was like, I don't he and that's the reason I've been so easy to come out about like me and my spirituality, because he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, what people think of him. Like, yeah, you hear, like, oh, my God, my stepdad's in the worst pagan, and you laugh. I, I did, too, when he first told me. Like, that's a car. Like, you don't hear that, especially not in Little Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Like, but honestly, the way he's so, like, sure of himself about it, mm-hmm. like, that's been a huge thing for me. And really, whenever he talks about it, it's actually really cool. Yeah. never going to tell him that, but it is. <laughs> you can't just, like, boost his ego just a right. little bit. And no, but, like, he's looking, and, like, he actually has answers for, like, what he believes in and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, if that's what he's believing in, power to him, man. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's how everyone should be. Like, I agree. You mm -hmm. should also know what you believe in. Yeah. So, moving forward some more. How do beliefs and morals relate? Or is there even a difference at all? Okay, so the way I see beliefs and morals is more like... Um, morals is mentally and then beliefs are physical mm-hmm. and so like whenever I read this question whenever you sent me like the few ideas to go off of um, I kind of thought about a lot how like let's say back in the 11th century there was a pagan group of people and they were like someone might believe don't kill another man but they might that might be their moral, but their beliefs are they have to sacrifice someone for their gods. So I really think that you can have different morals than your beliefs. Now, if that, how that affects your beliefs is completely up to you or your spiritual journey. It's not my place to say you are invalidating, invalidating your beliefs by having different morals because I don't know what everyone's beliefs are. But for me personally, they go hand in hand. Because I don't want to have a set tradition or beliefs or anything like that that I don't agree with wholeheartedly. And so, like, I've always been one to love nature and everything like that. So I want my beliefs to be ingrained in that. And, um, or it's like another thing. People have morals, like, don't harm animals, but yet they're not vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, it's different for everyone. But for me personally, I'm trying to more align my beliefs and my morals. Yeah, I support that. Something that I've gone into recently, you mentioned Mm -hmm. vegetarianism. I am actually pescatarian now. Yes. And I originally was vegetarian, and I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed more of it was challenging myself to Mm -hmm. eat more foods. That's really what it was. It's like, I don't want to be picky anymore. Not necessarily picky, but I just want to try different things, and so I did. And then I was like, I think I want to do this for a very long time, but I don't want to get an eating disorder or be unhealthy. So I'm going to include one type of protein. (laughs) And now I'm here. 
But See, I've thought about it, too, because, like I said, I mm-hmm. don't believe in hurting animals, and mm-hmm. I also hate, like, the industrialized beet industry. It's so impactful on the earth, and the carbon footprint that it leaves is astounding. And the Not to mention, like, what the animals go through. Yes. It's just, I am one, I've always more recently been into, you know, keeping the earth healthy yeah. because this is the creation that we've been given and we've been given to tend to it not to harm it and so I really really have been trying to reduce my carbon footprint try mm-hmm. to um, reduce waste try to be as ethically sourced as possible mm-hmm. and so that's something that I've been walking into and something I know that we've also talked about yeah. like earlier before this we were talking about compost bins and farmers market food selling like Oh my gosh, that is such a dream. And so, I I really we need to talk more about that too. Yeah. Like I just keep we. I feel like I'm gonna be over here for like two hours after like this. I ends. don't even sweat it. I'm totally excited. So, <laughs> but you kind of ran into this earlier. But who or what gave you the freedom to break out of your religious customs? you were are surrounded by you talked a lot about your parents especially your stepdad is there any of your peers because you said earlier that your peers have been really constrictive of who you've grown into so with like this new friend group that we're all in they've been very welcoming now um like especially in another one of my friends I don't think you really know her Kristen she's she was there whenever it all started Mm -hmm. and then um me and Laura Grace got close, and then, it, and then I met Bree and Aaron. So like all the girls, have been a hundred percent wholeheartedly supportive of everything, or have been super interested. And like whenever I gave you and Emma the tarot readings, <laughs> like all of y'all have been so supportive, and y'all, I don't feel belittled at all mm-hmm. whenever I come to y'all about things. Mm-hmm. But with the boys' side, it's not necessarily, like, I feel like they're belittling me or anything like that. It's just more like I don't want them to be like, oh, my God, she's one of those astrology crystal girls. Mm -hmm. And because, like, you know, that's such a big thing right now. Yeah. Because spirituality spirituality is so trendy right now. Yeah. And I honestly am on the fence if I think it's a good or a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I love that people are learning this new way of life, but also they're cherry-picking, like, certain mm-hmm. things. Which, I mean, it's fine. If that works for them, then fine. But, like, they're giving everyone else a bad name. Right. And because, like, no, like, I actually believe in all these things. Like, I believe in all these energies, and I do believe that crystals have certain healing properties and stuff like that. Now, does that mean I'm going to use those on my kids? No. Like, I'm still very much science-based. Thank you for not being an anti-vaxxer. No. That's all. <laughs> I hate anti-vaxxers. They're like the so angry. The essential oil moms and stuff like that. I hate those. And I have I have such a quick temper, and that just, like, ignited me real quick. No. Sorry. That just makes me so upset. No. like, modern medicine, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Vaccinate your kids. Vaccinate now, yourself. I hate big pharma. Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> Don't even... And then... Uh, big Pharma and birth control. Mm-hmm. Big Pharma? Or and, uh, antidepressants and stuff like that. That was about to come out of my mouth. Because... <laughs> I, okay. I haven't really talked about this much. But in this past year, I've been diagnosed with uh, general anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and uh, clinical depression. Mm-hmm. And so, walking into that, you're like, okay. I'm here. on Zoloft, so... Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Like> bro. <laughs> and so, walking into that, you're kind of like... It almost does shake your faith a little bit, which mm-hmm. I feel like is everybody needs it. Everybody needs to have that question yes. pop up in their lives, and it's just like I am pretty much chronically ill. Yeah, the chemicals in my brain are very imbalanced. Well, and see, one thing. I'm sorry, I did not mean to cut you no, off, but uh, this thing. Now, I have not done. I would like disclaimer. I haven't done that much research into it. I've kind of like just seen a few articles and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, antipsychotics, they don't change the way your brain is. They mm-hmm. just simply substitute the chemicals that you need. Well, what a, what's gotten really big, especially in the spiritual community, 
is microdosing on mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what shrooms are. Like, you take them, they're psychedelics. But there's research going on that um, it actually, like, basically rewires your brain so your brain starts producing the normal amount of those chemicals. And Whack. Basically, Amazing. people are healing themselves. Pretty That's nice. one thing that, I need, that I'm going to really start looking into. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do like a year of research before I even touch a microdose of anything. Mm-hmm. Psychedelics honestly scare me. That yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. Drugs <laughs> are real hard, man. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> it's scary. But it's something like if I don't have to be on Zoloft for the rest of my life right. and like do this for a couple years, and who know maybe that'll like cure me. I mean, it's. But I don't. Know, I'm gonna do a whole bunch of research. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing. Like the science side of it, people are looking. Like some people are just taking. Well, people do take mushrooms, just take mushrooms. But these people are like, look, this can heal me. Like, this is the science side of the things we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I think gets belittled a lot about spirituality. That it's just like, ooh, pretty. Yeah. Ooh, pretty rock. Yeah, ooh, pretty rock. Or like, oh, stars. Ooh, pretty star. Right. And people don't look into the science of how things affect you. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of debate of whether the moon affects people or not Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just like you look in to see how certain things affect you. It's really not that crazy to think like, like, oh, this energy could protect me from something or Mm -hmm. help boost my mood just even a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. Like, and honestly, it might be placebo effect, but if it's working, then it's working. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it does get, like, pushed off to the side, like, oh, it's just bippity-boppity-boo stuff. Yeah, and when it comes to what we have with antidepressants, antipsychotics, anti-anxiety, it's, we don't have that much research, and Mm -hmm. we don't, it's almost like we don't push forward into research either. Because they got it to where they're comfortable. Oh, yeah, and... That just, I think about those things and I think about how men were put on birth control and then they didn't like it and they cried and so they put women on birth control and then you just have to deal with it. Again, big pharma makes me very angry, but that's all I know. Another thing that I've also, I know this, I don't even think this is related to the question at all. I just thought about it, but um, (laughs) go ahead. Like herbal medicine and stuff like that. That is one thing I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. Like, Obviously, not to treat cancer or any, like, sort of huge terminal illness. You have a headache, peppermint oil. It actually does help. I don't know if you've ever tried it or not, but it does help. Mm. Or, like, doing slabs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. on burns and stuff like that. Like, that that little stuff, I love the thought of using, like, natural herbs and stuff like that. Because they'll get the job done instead of all these. Because I've kind of got into the hippie standpoint of... I don't want any chemicals on or in my body that are super unnatural mm-hmm. or, like, factory-made and stuff yeah. like that. Man-made things bother me. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I like the thought, like, oh, I can get some rosemary and do something with yeah. it. I can get some thyme and do something with it. Like, that's so cool. And, like, that's one thing I've been doing research and, like, how... And I'll probably take a few... If they offer any classes like this at State, I'm going to take them when mm-hmm. question's asked. But um, learning, like... Uh, herbal medicine and things like that. Now, obviously, I'm not going to, like, treat my kids with this kind of medicine. (laughs) If they get a burn from touching the stove, then yeah. But if they, like, get super bad sick, they're going to the doctor. Like, I'm not trying to say this needs to replace modern medicine. Because I love modern medicine. It's just like, if you don't have to use a Neosporin and you can use something from outside. Right. Or I don't have to use, like, some weird smelly burn cream you know like I completely understand and I think that's so cool and that's something that I've always been super fascinated mm -hmm. by just watching and like oh my gosh and just the thought of like making it at home or like teas like making homemade teas because like I've recently like I have a bunch of sinus drainage and everything going on right now so I've been making I've been making green tea with lemon extract and honey and everything like that and like it's like I was feeling fine for like six hours. I didn't even have to take like any sort of decongestant or anything like that. I felt great. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like if I can do that and do something that's good for like is actually helping my body mm-hmm. instead of getting something that'll just get rid of the symptoms for a few hours, you know. Mm-hmm. So 
I completely agree, and we need to talk more about that because we were talking earlier about being super crafty and, like, doing all those fun things, and so maybe we need to start, like, a hippie club. <laughs> like, I don't really know what other name to call it, but a hippie club where we heal ourselves, our little burns with, I know, our little salves, and we take some teas every once in a while. That'd be so fun. Oh. I love tea. Oh my god. I'm sitting here drinking chai tea right now because that is my latest hyperfixation, like my food thing. I love it. It's so good. And it gives me energy and it doesn't make me feel bad. Like coffee makes me super jittery. See, I always get so tired after drinking coffee. Like yeah. I've been thinking about start because I like the taste of chai, but I haven't like gotten chai. Girl, I'm about to make you some chai when we finish this. I've got like three boxes downstairs. <laughs> okay. Like I keep that stuff on hand. <laughs> but um, how have you navigated relationships with the conflict conflict of beliefs, especially if you can't really have a conversation? Basically just ignored that there's a difference. And I know that's kind of like sad to say, but at the same time, I've always had this big deal. Like I don't want to feel belittled and I don't want them to feel belittled. And I've been using that word a lot. I don't know. But, um, makes sense. Like, I, my friend Jacob, for example, he'll probably be listening to this. Like, me and him have, hi, Jake. Uh, Me and him have super different beliefs. And, like, we both respect each other, but it's almost like we know that we're not going to get along on certain things, so we're not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because, really, you can't, it's not one of those conversations that you can prove right or wrong. So, there's not really a reason to change your, like, especially since I've already been in the church. So, it's Mm -hmm. more like we just kind of let each other live. Yeah. There's power in agreeing to disagree. Yeah. And so that's, and it's not necessarily like I hide it from them. And like Jacob does not make me feel like I need to hide my really mm-hmm. or my beliefs or anything. Like he knows full well what I do and everything. And he, he's like, you go. But um, it's just like I don't make it really known. Like, you know, you guys go to church and y'all post like Bible verses mm-hmm. or stuff like that. I don't do that kind of thing because honestly, I'm kind of scared to have that conversation with people. I'm scared to be outed like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is my way of kind of controlling, like, okay, I see how people see me, mm-hmm. and I can control that once I put this out there. Mm-hmm. I can't control what they say about me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, at the same time, I shouldn't care. I need to right. let that go, but still. You're still human. Yeah. It's okay to be human. And, yeah. And it's okay to have doubts. And I've really witnessed you and Jake agree to disagree, and it's mm-hmm. really a harmonious relationship in the fact that it's just like, this is what Sarah does. This is what Jake does. And they are still very, very close friends. Brother and sister. Yeah. But they don't agree. Yeah. And that is okay. And so that's something that really drew like, me to wanting to be friends with you people. Mm-hmm. It's because it's okay to And, like, me and different. Jake will make jokes at each other. <laughs> like, yeah. one, But it's almost like if someone were to come to him, like, come at him for his beliefs, I wouldn't put up with that. No. Like, I would get on them for that. But I know Jake would be the same way with me. Right. It's more of the fact, like, me and Jake have known each other for so long and became such good friends, and, like, his girlfriend is my roommate and my other, like, one of my other absolute best friends. Mm -hmm. Like, we are so close at this point, like, we're not Mm -hmm. gonna really stop being friends over this one thing, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what is one message to any person that is questioning their religion, their beliefs, or just any kind of moral whatever do research like look into things like and I know it's scary because you like don't really know where to start but that's the thing you're not until you look it up and start somewhere you're not going to know where to go like just keep looking and find answers to those questions and it's okay to look into other things because like just because you look into other things doesn't mean you're going against what you already believe. You're just interested. And if you find out you're believing something you don't want to believe in, it's going to be hard to get out of that. But it's if you genuinely are not happy in the spot you are, then leave for a little bit. Find yourself. And then if you realize, okay, I was wrong. I was right the first time. Then go back to it. Like, there's no, there's no harm in being wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because you walk into church and they hand you this very large Bible and you're like, what is this? What do I do with this? Why? Lots of words, lots of different meanings, lots of history, lots of 
interpretations, lots of different languages that this was derived from. What do I do with this large book? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? And then they say that this this thing is living and it's breathing and it's happening and then all these very confusing And then they things. just say, read it. And then they say, yeah. And, with that, and you're expected to know. And yes, the Holy Spirit is divine in all of its allowing of information, blah, 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 blah. I'm no preacher. I'm no saint either. But you have to have conversations with the community mm-hmm. because that's something that I've constantly struggled with throughout my entire life is the is feeling like I have no community. And within the Christian community, it is so easy to be isolated, just like you said. And I'm that is something that we as a church need to work on, is mm-hmm. feeling like it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to come forward and be like, hey, I'm not very sure right now. Um, yes, I do need to pray. And I am praying consistently, and I am praying wholeheartedly, and I am relinquishing control. But that doesn't... There's something so wrong. Yes, something is happening. Something, obviously, that's been very apparent in my recent years. Like I just said, I was diagnosed with anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. And you walk into a church and they're like, pray about it. Dude. Do you you not think it happened? Dude. Like, it it hurts really bad when you say that and you're not empathizing and you're just shutting down completely. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. There's a, there's a, I completely agree that there's a lack of empathy in the church. And Mm -hmm. there's like I said, I keep saying there's a lack of community and that's something that I have always struggled with and I've always struggled with trying to find. And see, um, personally, of course, like, you won't be able to relate to this community, but, like, like, there's such a beautiful community on social media for people that are just spiritual and stuff like that because they also realize how hard it is and everything like that. And that's one thing that I absolutely love. Like, even if I go to someone with, like, different beliefs but they still consider themselves spiritual and stuff like that they are still so willing to help Mm -hmm. because it's almost like in this community the whole emphasis is learn know why what's the science because it's actually a very science-based community Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it it seem like it but it is Mm -hmm. and like it puts a huge emphasis on history and things like that like I feel like I'm constantly learning in this environment and I love that and I feel like more people need to experience that in their own communities Mm -hmm. and so I feel like really like you said with the message like just go out and learn like Mm -hmm. so that's it just yeah just learn at the end of the day educate yourself yeah that's all that's really the basis of this and that's what spirituality and religion is is the education of self and the Mm -hmm. sedation of spirit that's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on here and talking no, so openly. No, I enjoyed this so much. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. And I will be linking all of Sarah's different things below. Her blog, her social medias, and all of those other things. Thank you so very much for listening. I hope you had a wonderful time. And you will be hearing from me soon. Bye. Hey, I'm Madeline, and you're listening to Little Asian Big World. Welcome to my not-so-private private journal. I know it's been a really long time since it's been just me, and I kind of missed it. I miss having all of the attention to myself, uh, which is a testament to my narcissistic tendencies, I suppose. But I was in the shower like 10 minutes ago, and I was thinking about how I compare myself creatively to all of these big name artists of any kind, musicians or writers, or maybe a poet, maybe, I don't know, just anybody. And I have this complex where I'm like, yes, I could totally do that, which I suppose could be labeled as ambition. But I'm going to pretend that I am the only person who feels this way. No, it's, it was very comforting to realize a minute ago how nonspecific all of these emotions are to me because I don't feel isolated. I don't feel so caught up in the momentary feeling of insignificance almost and reflecting on like 
what I do. So specifically, I guess what I do is this, right? I produce a lot of different things. I write different things. And I don't feel comfortable labeling myself as a writer, which is very interesting because I don't feel as though I have accomplished anything in the sense of authoring. And the purpose of my writing is validation, whether that's just from myself and or others. And I want validations mostly of like my feelings or my experiences because I am literally the worst self-gaslighter on the planet. And I genuinely don't know why, but that's something that I will get to talk about to my therapist about which is good I suppose but I just want to not feel crazy I guess to cope with different things and it's really great to have an outlet to emotionally express myself or to kind of de-escalate a situation that I have just begun to spiral within but it's really it was really groundbreaking for me to realize that at the center of it all I just want validation and it was also really comforting to know that again that wasn't just me because I'm going to make this generalization that that is the purpose of many many artists of all kinds writers musicians, artists, poets, um, whatever you are, whatever you call yourself, even if you're more than that, that you just want validation of what you've gone through, what you've seen, what you've heard, what you feel, what you've done, what they're doing to you. And I tend to feel this way when I let myself watch documentaries. And I love documentaries. I just watched one on Joan Didier whoa, Joan Didion recently on the most of the writing genre of that. And I absolutely adored it because I love how personal it all feels because I can relate so deeply. But then also there's this vast canyon separating me and this creative giant that I expect myself to automatically become. And to automatically match up with, which also kind of falls into this category of kind of having such a hard critique for myself at all times because I am never satisfied with what I do. And like I said, I'm a horrible gaslighter. And whether this is gaslighting or just me being the, you know, the person that I am this inner critic that I have uh, just never really can find something that is just so earth-shatteringly genius. I've come to, I've finally come to terms with the fact that I will never be a genius in any capacity, which is kind of heartbreaking, honestly, in the most hyperbolic way. Because I want to be something so outstanding to the point where I just find it so crippling and debilitating that I don't even know where to start. And I guess I'm starting here talking to you, whoever you are. Hi. And I hope these feelings... Rascal. And I hope these feelings aren't just something that I get to make up in my head. But I've decided that they're not. And recently I've been talking to my friend Aaron. Harrison a lot. She was on the podcast. You should go listen to that, by the way. It's called Love, Devotion, and Teenage Urgency, just so you know. Oh, we also got a new dog. His name is Hank. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but that is Hank. He's just running around, and she is a fantastic writer. She's a poet, and she has done such great things with her life, and it's very difficult for me to not sit here and be like, okay, well, she's doing such great things. Literally, what am I doing? Why do I think that in any capacity I could produce something of value? And then beginning to talk with her and observe her writing, kind of going through different creative processes or whatever, just kind of getting to know each other in that way. It was so freeing to see like, oh, I'm literally just not dramatic. 
I, I mean, I maybe I'm a little dramatic, but it makes sense. And we've talked a lot about all of these different things that I've talked about in this generalization that maybe just isn't quite a generalization. And I've just been babbling and babbling and babbling, but that's okay. And this may not see the light of day, which will be a really good thing for me because I have this really hard problem with instantaneous production to therefore give me instant gratification. Like, it's hard for me to sit and edit something that I've written um, just for fun because I have this notion that what I do in the moment is doesn't need to be touched because that is an authentic timestamp of what I was feeling, what I was doing, how I was reacting, and to refine that would almost be uh, robbing that piece of work from its authenticity. And I just want to immediately share it and feel something and of value. I want to feel valued in my work because I am production motivated, performance motivated. Because when I'm not producing, I feel less than. I feel like I am the least creative person in the world. I feel so void, devoid of just anything that could come out of me is worth something. And I keep saying that over and over again, but I was watching earlier the sour documentary as all teenage girls do. And I was so awestruck by the way that she I was so awestruck by the way that she conveyed her emotions musically, lyrically. I loved it and I feel so desperately inferior because she's not that much older than I am and she's doing so many different great things and she's a performer and I at my core love to perform like I'm taking a speech class right now and I love it because I love being the center of attention and I love proving myself I love proving that what I'm saying is worth somebody's time and that it is accredited and that it is intelligent because there is so much worth and intelligence to me. And so if I'm not producing, then I have none of those things. And then I begin to feel just absolutely like nothing. Because if I am not creating, then I have nothing to offer. Which is sad, of course, but that's just kind of what I was going in. And I'm probably going to go in and re-record this because I'm just babbling and I just have a scrabble of notes. But I am proud that I got to sit down and I did this and I talked for a little bit. Because it's been a while and I forget that... Like, yes, there's an importance to planning and to making sure that your content is absolutely just something so fantastic. But at the end of the day, like, who is this content for? And I have to remember that it is also for me as well. And for me to sit down and just kind of chat for a little bit, that's good enough, too. I really haven't been writing a lot. What I do mostly is short stories. I am so desperately horrible at anything poetic. I just absolutely cannot for the life of me write something that is lyrically enticing. Something that just kind of draws you in with such literary devices I'm just so plain and outspoken even in my writing that I absolutely hate it which is like a muscle that I have to practice of course but in my impatience I just want to be naturally good at it and I have 
desperate skill envy. I want to be a writer and a producer and I want to be a musician and an artist and I want to be the best that there ever was at every single thing. But that's just genuinely impossible. Like right now I'm learning how to just play around on the baritone ukulele that my dad has. And let me tell you, it is so not clicking in my brain because I am musically challenged in just about every way. So that's been an interesting ride. I have been trying more recently to really write down what I'm feeling in that moment so then I can go back and properly dissect and rearrange what I was feeling in a way that is understandable to someone who is looking in because I am always thinking about the way that I am perceived and the way that people are looking at me in the moment or the way that I want to be looked at in the way that I want people to see me and that's not again non-specific to me I often live in my head in this daydream that I constantly have a camera on me which is you know, not from far from the truth these days. And I am constantly being watched, which is, you know, a testament to the life that we live. And it's so crazy to me how different creative people, artists and writers and da 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 have predicted that. Like what I think of immediately is George Orwell's 1984 because that's what we're doing in class right now and it's so relevant to me right now but it's so interesting to me how we've just transformed into this micro algorithm like society it's we're so predictable in every way and we have developed software to do just that to predict and it's so crazy and again something that I want to do as a creative person is to be completely outside of that to be completely outside of the predictable outside of the norm outside of something that anybody has ever done but we're living in 2000 plus years past creation I who am I to think that something that I can fathom up will be new fun fresh and funky like that's the only way I know how to put it So that's just kind of what I've been thinking about. I have been going through one of the worst writer's block of my life. I hate it. I don't know what to do about it. And I also have this really big problem where that I feel I am not fully at my highest creative peak if I'm not depressed. Because in that depression, I have such raw emotion and such great content that comes out of that that I don't normally get when I am not, you know, physically devoid of the hormones that make my body tick. So, to each of your own, that's kind of where I've been at creatively, and I thought that I should just share that, because, as I've been saying this for the longest time, I absolutely despise, like, the overhead theme of, whatever the podcast looks like right now, whatever you call that. And I want to redo it. I want to rebrand it, whatever. But one, I don't have the resources. Two, I don't have the brain power. Three, I don't have the time. Four, I don't have the money. Like it's just an ongoing things. And five, I just don't feel creatively capable. That's sad, but it's happening. And (laughs) so eventually maybe I'll kind of get around to that as well. I have a couple ideas. I'd really need to talk to some people, but it's really hard because mainly being a one-woman show with an independence complex, I have a really hard time reaching out to people. And I also hate thinking of people or things or whatever, like their efforts to me as a resource because that feels so... I don't know, transaction-y. That's not a word, but it is now. Like, even looking around my room, like, I want to create something so badly. I need some new art on my walls, and I can make that, but I haven't. Why? Don't know. So, that's just something that's really been going on. 
and I've been very feeling very impulsive. Like I texted my friend earlier and I was like, dude, I am just feeling super impulsive. I need like a tattoo or a piercing. And I just got a piercing, a conch piercing hint to all of those thinking about it. Foreshadowing, not a hint. It hurts really, really bad. Pain does not bother me much at all. I almost passed out. Like I was visibly vibrating, like not shaking, vibrating. Uh, But I didn't pass out because I'm a baddie and that's all. But as I sit here, I am proud of myself for doing something creative and something vulnerable for the validation of myself rather than the other people. And I think that's what today was about. And I'm sorry that, you know, it's been a long time since it's been just me. And this is pretty short, but... I'm so, so thankful for you. I love each and every one of you so dearly. Please make sure to check out all of the podcast socials and leave a like or a rating or something that helps me out so much. I love you all so, so much. I keep saying that, but it's it's a harsh world that we live in and I don't think we hear that enough. You'll be hearing from me soon. Bye.